If you open up your Bibles to 2 Peter chapter 3, in just a few moments, we'll read a passage from there. If you allow me just a couple of minutes before we get into the lesson this evening, I know you've come here to hear the Word of God, but having been invited here and spending time with the good brethren, I just, before we leave, it's just right for me to express our appreciation for your hospitality, for, first of all, the invite to come and be with you. I know you're going out on a limb. Josh, who is this guy? We've never heard of him before. Um... And you can credit Josh. Josh, when he emailed me, he says, uh, can you bring, can you come and preach this sermon, this one, this one, this one, this one, this one? I went, sure. That was the easiest, easiest meeting I've ever prepared for. I wish more brethren would just call up and say, can you preach this one, this one, this one? It was great. Um, I'll give you a heads up on tonight's lesson in just a few moments. But folks, I want to thank Danny and Kathy for putting Debbie, putting up with Debbie and myself, or putting this up rather. Uh, we've really enjoyed being with them. Our friendship with them goes way back. We love them dearly. They've been so kind to us. And uh, it's, it's just a joy. And you guys know what I'm talking about. It's, it's interesting when you haven't seen people for years and you, and, you, and you reconnect. It's like you haven't left each other. You've been around them. And, and I just feel that way with you all. Even though we just met, you know, people have emailed me and says, well, how's it going at the meeting? I says, you know, it's great when you feel like you've met these people before, but you've never met them before. Well, how have I met you before? Well, you're, God's, you're part of God's family. You're my brothers and sisters. Even though I hadn't met you before, you're part of the same family. And I thank you for having us into our home, or in your homes and, and, and having us out and feeding us and, and just encouraging us. You have been such an encouragement to us. Debbie and I just love you dearly. We thank you for that. And we appreciate you. And so I'm really not good with the small talk. I want to get preaching. But okay, tonight's lesson. You know, Josh says, can you preach this lesson? I've had this, this lesson requested once before. I've only done it twice in meetings. And um, in preparing this, I remember I was, I was living in Newburgh. And it took me three Sunday night sermons to preach this. Don't panic. Um... But when I preached it in Arkansas, when, when Dick Blackford says, well, can you come preach that sermon? And I said, okay. And so, and we got through it that night. Now, we're not going to go late. I'm, I'm, I'm still going to aim for 8 o'clock, Lord willing, for especially folks visiting. So appreciate you. the visitors come out from night to night, you brethren supporting this effort. Uh, the song leaders, the prayers that were being offered, very touching. And, and you can just say that, that, you can just see that they're heartfelt and that you just have that love for one another. I know it's a tangent before I get into it, but just mentioning the sister that doesn't have many days left. You know, uh, Danny and I got to go up and visit with her, um, Adam's grandmother, and um, what do I see when I see there? When, when I look at her, I, I think of First Thessalonians chapter 4. You know, those brethren were all upset because loved ones have gone on before the Lord came back, and Paul is saying, look, it. no, no, that's okay. Uh, they're not going to miss heaven. But at the end of that text, it says, Comfort one another with these words. You know, it's true. If, if Debbie passed away, I, I would not preach her into heaven. But can I not be comforted, be assured that if she's been walking in the light and, and that, that she can have, you know, that, that, I, that, that gives me some, some peace inside. And I know it doesn't take away the tears that will flow because even Jesus wept for a person he was about to raise from the dead. <laughs> what are you doing crying? He's coming back to life in a minute. Because you have that compassion and you have that love for one another. And so our hearts go up, but yet it's mixed emotions in a lot of ways. I wish it were me. And I'm serious about that. I want to go and be with the Lord. I know you do too. 
And we're kind of talking about that tonight. If you haven't been with us, you're going to hear a lot of stuff tonight that I think maybe that's why Josh was thinking about. It just overlaps. It just covers a lot of things we've, we started on Sunday morning. And all the lessons, we're going to be touching on bits and pieces of that as we go into our, our lesson tonight. Because when we think about last night's lesson, and, and, and last night's lesson, very important, is your baptism hindering you from being baptized? And we talked about the idea that, you know, you just don't want to get wet. You want to be converted to the Lord. And what a what an awesome joy that is. There's no greater joy in Luke 15 and verse 10. You know, when someone is lost and is returned, it's time to call your friends and rejoice, as Jesus was illustrating. And it's a big deal when somebody obeys the gospel. That's awesome. But the sad reality is, is that people can fall away. And we talked about that in Second Peter chapter 2. You can, you can escape the pollutions of the world, but then there's the danger of going back into the world. And we really, we really don't want that to happen. What are we going to be talking about tonight? Well, we're going to be talking about how important it is to be grounded. You know, I was walking today a couple of times. I got thinking about last night's sermon title and tonight's sermon title. That's the, that's the title that right there. But I got thinking, if we connected it with last night's, we'd say, is your baptism hindering you from growing? Because there are times when people aren't doing like they should, and they go, well, I've been baptized. You know, I was baptized. Well, that's, that's wonderful. But you know, when Tiffany, when they give birth, when, that, when she, they, her, okay, when, when she has the baby, she doesn't like go, well, my work here is done. No, we're not done, right? Or the baby coming into this world, if it could talk, you go, man, that was a struggle coming into this world, but I'm done. No, you're not. No, you're not. First Peter chapter 2, you, you know, you're going to desire the sincere milk that you can grow, and we desire the sincere milk of the Word that we may grow, and we need to be grounded. Revelation chapter 2, 10, you know, baptism's wonderful, it's great, it's a time to rejoice. Josh and I were talking about that today. You know, it, it is, and, and, and it's a wonderful, wonderful occasion. I'm going to tell you, but the, the, the work is just beginning. And, and there's so much to do, because Revelation 2.10 tells us how that we need to um, remain faithful till death. Now, I asked you to turn to the passage in Second Peter. Now, we're going to go to Matthew in just a few moments. But if we go over here um, to, to Second Peter chapter 2, in Second Peter chapter 2, it says in verse 17, You therefore, beloved... Since you know these things beforehand, beware lest you all fall from your own steadfastness, being led away with the error of the wicked, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory both now and forever. Folks, I've got three sermons in one going. Get ready, put your seatbelts on, because I'm going to be flying tonight. And, it, and, and, and if you can just, just remember a couple of these points, it'll be worth it. But you know, when we think about the responsibilities that we have... Go make disciples. Now, that was just for the apostles. It wasn't just for the apostles. Because when he told them to go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, well, what's part of the all things? Go make disciples. And so this is, this is the key. And we need to teach, baptize. But see, that's not it. We, we don't stop there. We teach, we baptize, and teach how vital that is that we get that and we were touching on that a little bit earlier to make sure that you and I we just don't want people to get wet and when they are converted it's very important that we get we get grounded and I appreciate the the songs tonight as Cody was leading them and do you, do you have an anchor is it going to hold fast you guys have been in a boat I've been in boats and we've been drifting even though we threw the anchor up because we had a round anchor 
That's not good. It just moves with the, with the waves. And so we need to make sure that we are converted and that we want to grow. We need to build a foundation. We prevent, you know, to prevent the need to convert Christians. You say, what are you talking about here, Chuck? Seriously. There's something seriously wrong when, you, when you're talking with Christians and they question the basic fundamentals such as God is. And remember, we've talked about this. How that God needed to speak. That led up to the Chinese presentation that we had. Building that strong foundation. Why am I trying to convince Christians, look what it says right here. And they don't want to look at that. Well, wait a second, you've lost that. You need to remember that um, there's something really frustrating for a teacher to think that I've got to convert a Christian. I thought they were already converted. And that's why we want to make sure that people didn't just get wet and that we can remind them of where they were at one time, understand the differences between the Old Testament and the New Testament, tell people, well, who is man? Understand they have a soul. These are just fundamental lessons that people need to know. Who is Jesus? And, and you know, the, the, the plan of salvation, all leading up. And these are things we all talked about. I'm sorry, folks, this is only in the introduction. <laughs> we're only in the introduction so far. But it's just helping you to see that we're talking about the need to be grounded. But you can't be grounded unless you're converted. And you need to understand what it means to be converted. And that's what we were talking about last night. Be truly converted to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And so, what we're going to be doing this evening is that we're going to look at three things. Okay, before I get to that, I'll tell you the three areas. Three charts. Pretty simple. A lot of points on each chart. Chart number one is this. We're going to talk about a proper attitude towards new converts. So, the new convert can sit in the audience and go, okay, this point's not about me. It's about all you guys. You need to have a proper attitude towards me. Okay, that's true. The second thing, we're going to have a proper understanding for the new converts. So the new converts need to have an understanding. And the third point that we're going to deal with tonight is what older and new converts have in common. It's really important. And I think these, these fundamental points that we have here will help everybody learn how we can play an important role of helping each other. Because isn't your goal to get to heaven and don't you want others to get to heaven? Isn't that it? That, that's, that's our primary goal. You're looking at everybody that's here. I know you want to get to heaven. Man, I want to get to heaven. Priority one. Sorry, I'm being selfish. But I want to go to heaven. But two, I want to help you get to heaven. And one of the points we're going to be talking about tonight, I think the Lord, that's not coincidence, because the Lord wanted me to help other people get to heaven. Huh, that actually helps me get to heaven. What a coincidence. It's not a coincidence. God knows how important it is when we take an interest in other people. Now, what's a proper attitude towards new converts, number one? Well, you already got that one, didn't I? I let it slip. First thing that we need to realize is that they have baggage. They have baggage. Now, in Romans chapter 6, we've already talked about it. Romans chapter 6 and verse 3 and 4, you're to put off the old man and put on the new man. So, when you and I, when we came up out of the waters of baptism, our, our sins were washed away by the blood of Christ. We, we put on this new man, but that doesn't mean, like when I came up, you know, when I spent those years in that denomination, and I came up, do you think that the, the water washed away all that false ideas that I've been taught over the years? There's no way. There's no way. Now, I had some false ideas cleared up. Oh, man, I, I, I realized I just got wet. You know, obviously, you can't learn it all. And people think, well, you know, Chuck, you've got to teach them all. You know, you probably, 
You know, if you didn't have, if you had some misunderstandings before you were baptized, somebody didn't do their job. No, that's not true. That's not true when you're teaching somebody. It's like we've talked about when if this place is on fire and, and somebody comes in and says, says, Cain, you, you need to get out of here. And Cain says to the fireman, don't I know your brother? Well, wait a minute. Uh, no, don't worry, but you need to get out of danger. Where'd you go to school? Look, I'll answer those questions later. First, get out of danger. You need to learn how to get out of sin. You need to get out of danger. And then you need to, you can ask all these questions. You need to learn. You need to grow. As we read earlier in 2 Peter, grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But we need to, we, looking at the new convert, need to realize, okay, we need to, we need to be patient. We need to understand that they're, they're bringing, they're bringing baggage with them. And they need to learn. And they're just, you know, in Acts chapter 8, we were talking about that this week. And even our opening passage, teach, baptize. Well, why teach? Why teach, baptize, and teach? Well, because there's so much more to learn. And we, we want to become more knowledgeable. We want our faith to increase, which is the theme pretty much this week. Faith comes by hearing the Word of God. And I appreciate the brother emphasizing how much we appreciate God preserving His Word through the years. It's not coincidence that we have this. God spoke. Remember that point? God spoke. And you can have the confidence. Chinese language helps with that, but there's many other things that prove. You sit down and have a class with any any here with Josh and say, Josh, are there any other evidence to support the fact that the Bible is the inspired Word of God other than that Chinese language? Josh goes, yes, there is. A lot more. Matter of fact, I believe in inspiration of the Scriptures before I even knew about that Chinese thing. And maybe you, maybe you were here the other night and going, man, I've never seen that before. I didn't come up to you and say, and you call yourself a Christian? I didn't do that. I didn't do that. You don't need to know that to go to heaven. It's just additional evidence. And so I'm getting, I, I gotta get going. But it breaks my heart when I hear older Christians write off new converts as soon as they see or hear them do something that's not in harmony with the Word of God. They need to be understanding on that. And I, and I, and I can remember clearly that, uh, some of us know who this, this this person is, but here's this person who was converted. Him and his wife started to attend there, and uh, and the preacher got up and he preached on he preached on drinking, and they came forward. They had no idea that it was wrong for them to go from bar to bar to bar. You know, they, that's just the way they were. They didn't know it was wrong, and so they come forward and they realize we got to stop doing this, but we want to repent. And a member comes up to them afterwards and said. It's about time I knew you were doing that. Well, she got all upset and ran out. You know, it's just like we need to be sensitive. I'm not. I'm not saying we got a point here that we're going to be talking about just for a, a few moments about not overlooking. But we're going to. But we just need to understand they're going to have baggage, and we need to help them and grow. Teaching is not just a collective act. And what I mean by this, it's easy to quote Matthew chapter 13. Now let's just go over there quickly. Matthew chapter 13, and I'm going to pick it up in verse 20. Matthew 13 and in verse 20. He says, but he who re- receives the seed on the stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation and persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Now he who receives the seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of, uh, uh, the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes unfruitful. And, it, and it's so easy just to pass it out. Oh, he's... He was, he, was, he was just not the good ground. Now, when you convert somebody, you don't bring them up out of the waters of baptism and say, see you Sunday and Wednesday mornings, or see you Sunday morning, see you Wednesday. And they're like, going, what? Yeah. Do you, know, I, do you know I was in a congregation 
And, and I, set a, I set up a Bible study. I remember an older preacher that I loved dearly told me, he said, Chuck, if you ever go anywhere and you, and you see some brethren that they could use some, a little extra encouragement and, 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 and help to develop, you know, set, up, set up a class with them. You know, and I've taken that to heart. And I remember setting up a class with this person. He's just kind of weak and I wanted him to get stronger. And you know, I had a member of, the, of that congregation get mad at me for wasting my time because we offer Wednesdays and Sunday mornings, which he wasn't taking advantage of. What? You, you don't sit back and go, okay, we've got Sunday morning, Wednesday, and if you're not there, well, look at them. They're just, you know, they're just, that's stony ground. You know, we're, just, we're, we're, we're not helping. It's not just collective. Now, I do want brethren, encourage them to take advantage of this, but I wonder how, I wonder how these, this is Wednesday night, I wonder how these Wednesday night classes evolved. Do you ever wonder how it might have happened? I think I got an idea how that happened. Because when we were in Toronto and we started a new work, and we had all these classes going on and people were being converted. And we would study with this lady because I remember this one lady, you know, she was holding back. And, and I just kind of picked up on something. I told her, I said, you know, one, if you ever become a Christian, we're going to keep studying. And she kind of went, oh. Because she was kind of thinking, once you become a Christian, I'm done. And she kind of relaxed about that. But, you know, when we would visit with these different brethren, I remember them saying, Chuck, you got so many classes going on. Can I join another class? I'll say, yeah, we've got a class on Wednesdays. At seven, we meet over at this building. Okay. You know, I don't know if that's how it all evolves, but you can just say, well, can I join another Bible study? And you can study with people over here now. And, 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 and others were joining that Bible study. I don't know if that happens, but you, you kind of get the point. But we need to be interested in helping other people and just, you know, on an individual basis of willing to, to teach them. But man, I gotta get going. I'm not, I'm gonna chart number one and then people are going, Chuck, it's just chart number one. Um, Beware of your example. In Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 14, it talks about don't be, don't be like children that are tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. And so when I think about that, I think about the vulnerability of new converts. We don't want anybody to become a, a convert to man. Of course, we know that. But fellow Christians have an enormous impact on new Christians. In Matthew chapter 5 and verse 13 through 16, how that we are to the salt of the earth and we are to let our light shine before men. I remember when I became a Christian, I wanted to be like the Christians that were around me. Do you know what I honestly believed? I'll tell you, I haven't said this a lot, but when I became a Christian, I actually thought, if I could just get my mom and dad here to meet these nice people, they'll come all the time. Yeah, you know, that's the way I was thinking because I just thought that they were they were such a positive influence on me. And I want you to realize that when there are new converts, turn to Second Peter chapter one. New converts, they're coming up. Maybe even before they went down in the waters of baptism, they're looking at you. What kind of an example are you setting? You want Christians to get strong? Well, I haven't seen them. Well, wait a second. What kind of an example have you been setting for them? Have you been encouraging them? In 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 First Peter, uh, excuse me, Second Peter, chapter one, he mentions this, picking it up in about verse uh, twelve. Therefore, I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things, though you know them and are established in this present truth. Yes, I think it is right, as long as I'm in this tent, to stir you up by by reminding you. And so, I'm thinking as Christians, what we're trying to do is is to remind the Christians, we teach them, but we teach them with our example. And parents understand this greatly 
with their own kids. And uh, we need to be aware of the influence of hypocrisy. And, uh, and, you know, boy, we could spend a lot of time in Galatians chapter 2, and I'll read it quickly. But in Galatians chapter 2, and in verse 11, it says, When Paul, when, or excuse me, when Peter had come to Antioch, I withstood him to his face because he was to be blamed. For before certain men came from James, he would he would eat with the Gentiles, but when they came, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing those who were of the circumcision. And the rest of the Jews also played the hypocrite with him, so that even Barnabas was carried away with their hypocrisy. I just want us to be mindful. If we want to help ground members, you have an important role, brethren, uh, to help those new converts come along with your example. Control your admonitions that are opinions. And I can't stress this enough. I have been at the wrong end of this. You go to Romans chapter 14, you read 1 through 7. If you want to know what differences of opinion are, you don't go to Romans 14 for differences on doctrinal matters, but you go to Romans 14 verses 1 through 7 when you differ in areas of, of, of opinion. You might not like this tie. It's okay. You might say, Chuck, I hate that tie. Kind of reminds me of Danny was telling me that story. You know, when somebody says, I hate that tie, I'll just smile. I'll just smile. Um, before I read this passage in Romans 14, I'll tell you that there was a brother up north many, many years ago. And when I would walk in the building, he'd grab my tie and go, get that up there. You know, because I had a fat neck back then, and I'd leave that button undone. He'd just, he'd just grab that. And boy, he was just insistent, you got to wear a tie. If you're going to serve, you got to wear a tie. You know, and I went back there. I went back there years ago to hold a meeting. Now, now you have to picture this. You really, you have to picture this. Here's a young man in running shoes. He's got sweats on and an undershirt. But he's got a tie on. He did. Wrapped around. You can see it around the neck. You know. And I'm sitting there, what is going on here? And when I was a new convert, if, you ever, if you've ever lived in Canada, you know, when you get snow on your roof, you know what you do? You shovel it off. Because if you don't, it's going to come crashing through. I don't know if you know that or not, but you have to shovel your roof a couple of times during the winter. Well, when I was at services, I noticed there was a lot of snow on that roof in that small church building. So I went up on Sunday afternoon, and guess what? I got chewed out for going there and working on Sunday. And I was a new convert. Here's a guy who's been a member of the church who used to preach. Does that remind us of a sermon? Does that remind you of a point I had up there to know the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament? We really need to understand those differences. But when you start, and I know, I know we have preferences. There's some things that, that I won't do that, are, and that fall under the air of opinion. And brethren, let's be mindful. If you want to help ground people, remember what, what, what opinions are. You want to drive new converts away? Then bind your opinion. Turn them into little yous. Not the lambs. Okay. In verse chapter 14, verse 1, he says, Receive one who is weak in the faith, but not dispute over doubtful things. For one believes that he meet all things, and he who is weak eats only vegetables. Now we understand the context of this. And then he all talked about, you know, those who eat vegetables, don't condemn those who eat meat. And those who eat meat, don't condemn those who just eat vegetables. I'm a carnivore, and I'm proud of it. But you know what? You want to be a vegetarian, that's fine. But there were other reasons why this came into play. But you get the point. You want to help people? Your responsibility... And this is, this is also very, very important. We don't want to coddle sin. Do you remember Acts chapter 8? And, I, and, and it teaches so many wonderful lessons. I'm a dead man. I'm running out of time. Okay. 
Romans chapter 8. Look what we have here. This is really important. And they had laid hands on them and received the Holy Spirit. Now when Simon saw that the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Spirit was given to him, and he offered them money, saying, Give me this power also, that anyone who I lay hands on may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to them, Your money perish with you, because you thought the gift of God could be purchased with money. You have neither part nor portion in this matter. Your heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent therefore of your weakness, and pray to God that perhaps the thought of your heart might be forgiven you. Peter, cut him some slack, man. He's a new convert. Don't call us and you catch me in sin. Call my hand on it. You don't put your arm around me and say, oh, everybody does that, Chuck. <laughs> I need to repent. Do you know that there was a, a ladies' class? Heard about this. In the congregation that preached that. There was this new convert. Well, she had to learn some things. But she, she didn't understand. I mean, she was just wearing, I mean, skimpy stuff. And, and so she, she became a part of, part of a ladies' Bible class. And the subject of modesty came up. And you know what happened in that, in that class? She goes... Why didn't one of you tell me something about this? How do you think all those ladies felt? (laughs) Don't underestimate what a new convert can take. I don't want to say anything. You might drive them away. Don't coddle sin. You're not not going to help them. You can become an enabler. You know, I, I, I can visit people, visit people who've been missing services. I could go over there and I could be so ambiguous with my comments, I'll make them feel like a million bucks when I leave. Hey, man, really, I kind of miss you, man. I, I love your smile. I love your, your jokes. And I, well, you did, did you? Man, that's, that's pretty nice. How about the Lord expects you to worship Him? And, and when, you've, when you forsake the assembly, you got to repent of that. You know, just walking back through the doors, you don't walk through the doors and go, oh, I'm all clean again. No, it doesn't work that way. You, you have sin in your life you need to take care of. It. So we don't want to, we don't want to coddle. So, that's eh, one third. Okay, now I really got to go. Now, this is important. What do new, new, new converts need to know? They need to know that they're converted to Christ and not to the church. Now that is, that's imperative that they understand this point. Colossians chapter 1 verse 13. Jesus has all the authority. There will be the lures of humanism and liberalism and denominationalism in there. But when you convert them to Jesus who has all the authority in Colossians 3.17, whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name by, uh, uh, or by the authority of Jesus Christ. When they understand that principle, when they're being influenced by different things, they just know that, no, no, I am to be Christ-like. I am to be converted to Christ. You are, you are to follow Christ. And it's very important that you see that. You have been called to work. Remember that so much. I love Matthew chapter 5. I don't have time to read that. But in 18 through 20, I've done a sermon on that entitled, Forbidden to be with the Lord. And you know who forbid, forbade somebody to be with the Lord? It was the Lord Himself. Here was this guy that was demon-possessed, wasn't in his right mind, was naked, cut himself. And then when the demon was cast out, he was clothed in his right mind, and he got into the boat. I can literally picture it. He got into the boat to be with Jesus, and Jesus said, No. Man, I'd love to be with the Lord. No. You go tell your family and friends what I've done for you. You go tell them. There is work to be done. And you and I need to understand that earlier on, that we have been called to work. And understandably, you know, when you when you rejoice of what you have, you want to share that with other people. And that's a key to help us to remain steadfast to the Lord. I'm sorry, I'm going to go quick so you can get these points. They need to develop their abilities. You tell them that in Hebrews chapter 5. You ought to be teachers by now. Remember, we did a lesson on this. This That's why it overlaps. 
You've been called to do things you've never done before. Cody, do you remember the very first time you led songs? He could say, I've never done that before. Our very first sermon. I've got mine on tape. You don't want to listen to it. You know, it's a cassette. You don't know what that is, but anyways. Uh, but, you, but you need to develop. You need to develop your talents. Challenge yourself. Volunteer for different things. You know, and I think as we get older, you know, as a church matures, you know, you're going to have people here who become an elder. I can remember one time when I was an elder, the eldership dissolved when the other man stepped down, but I could say, man, I've never been an elder before. And it was a learning process. I understand that. And deacons, well, I've never been a deacon before. I understand that. And as a Christian, there's just so many things. You can say, I've never been a Christian before. Well, that's absolutely right. But your responsibility, when we talked about the talents, don't bury your talent. Remember we had that sermon already? We need to develop our talents. And that was in Matthew chapter 24. And don't just pass it off and say, I can't do it. But that is powerful. I wish I could spend some more time on that one. They need to turn to brethren for help. I can't stress this one enough for new converts. Brethren need to be there for one another. Look at you have in Titus chapter 2. Titus chapter 2. I was going to take my jacket off. All right. Titus chapter 2. We'll get in verse 4. But as for you, speak things which are proper for sound doctrine, that the older men be sober, reverent, temperate, sound in faith, in love and patience, the older women likewise, that they may reverent behavior, not slanders, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they may admonish the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, homemakers, and so on. You new converts, look up to the older ones. If you get into a business meeting, listen to what the older ones who have been around for a while with their, with their mature faith. There's obviously the Bible teach, teaches about that, that the maturity level. It, it, it can be at different, different stages. And you need to grow. And so you need to turn to brethren, especially for help. You pray for one another. Um, Galatians chapter 6 and verse 2, we, how we bear one another's burdens. We pray for one another. James chapter 5 verse 16, we talked about that on Sunday. You've got a family now. You're part of a family. When I have a problem, Debbie hears it all. And that, she's family, right? She's my wife. And you've got brothers and sisters who are willing to help. They're there for you. They can understand. Uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, which, which deals with this whole subject tonight, 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 12, Take heed lest you fall. But the next verse says, you know, there's no temptation such as common to man. If there is anybody here that could understand what I go through, I may call up Danny, Josh, but any brother, you know, that, that the frustrations that we face, the hardships, the temptations, turn to one another. Don't try to go it alone. And that's why, you know, the Lord could have, the Lord didn't have to establish the church local, did He? Why didn't you just have the universal body of Christ and you just worship at home and stay separated? Do you see the wisdom of the Lord of having a local church and how that they work together and they have that fellowship and they, as was mentioned in the prayer, we pray with one another, we, we sing to one another, we're there for one another. And let's, let's take advantage of that is my point. New converts need to know this. They also need to know that they need to prepare themselves for hardships. I'm going to tell you, this is, this is the reality of life. You think when Jesus, you know, you're going to be hated by all men for my name's sake. What? I'm out of here. No, you you need to prepare them for for the realities of life. Turn to Second Timothy chapter four, please. Second Timothy chapter four. You know, I don't want to make it seem like you become a child of God. You'll never have another problem, and you have to prepare them for that. It can be very difficult. It can be very difficult for a new convert when somebody falls away. The local preacher did what? The elder ran off with who? So and so left. 
So-and-so was fooling around with who? And they'll just, they'll just quit. They'll just give up and quit. New converts need to understand that they need to prepare themselves for, for some hardships and some difficulties that may come along. And this is what you have over here in 2 Timothy chapter 4, beginning verse 10. Look at verse 9. Be quickly to come to me, or come to me quickly, for Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. What? Really? Look at verse 14. Alexander the coppersmith did me much harm. May the Lord repay him according to his work. Demas, Paul had closed other letters by saying, you know, Demas sends his hellos. Demas is right with him. And now Demas has forsaken him. I can't help but read that. It's breaking Paul's heart. But he didn't quit. He didn't quit. And there will be times when people disappoint you. I get it. People disappoint you. And people say, well, you know, I, I, there's a hypocrite over there. Well, yeah, okay, there's sometimes there's brethren not living like they should, so we need to help them, we need to deal with them, and that's another subject about discipline. Um, but I just want you to know that you, you're converted to Christ, and, and you don't take it out on, on the Lord. You know, I, I've said many times in illustrations, I don't come home to Debbie and say, Debbie, our marriage is over. Why? Because Bill down the street doesn't love you as much as I do. She'd go, what? Well, you're crazy. Just, he doesn't love me, and you want to divorce me. Yeah. So somebody comes here and says, well, man, there's some brethren there that don't love the Lord as much as I do. I'm out of here. Well, that makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Why would you take it out on God? You're faithful to Him? Be faithful. But prepare yourselves for the difficulties that might come. And then finally on this one is that they need to, to face doubts immediately. And I can't stress that one enough because I've had people talk about the fact that, Chuck, would you would you go talk with my, my, my son who's who's attended his whole life and he's drifting off and come to find out from the get-go, he's always doubted inspiration. You have some doubts. We talked about that last night. When you have doubts, deal with them now. Okay, guys, I'm just telling you. Talk to Josh about that. You know, I've often wondered about this. Talk about it now. Don't wait ten years down the road where your mind is now shut and you're, you're not open and you're not willing to consider the evidence that is there. You have questions. You ask those questions and you go there. Uh, go, the, go to the Word for help. And they need to feel valued like everyone else. New converts need to understand that you've been born again and you've been added to the body of Christ and there is a quality in Christ and that's Galatians chapter 3. I have a ton of verses here for that one. But with like four minutes left, I've got another chart. Okay, and then finally, they are without excuse of any unfaithfulness. Remember the last point on the previous one? Your attitude towards new converts, don't coddle them. And the last point on this one is... you. New converts need to realize there's no excuse for any transgression. There's no excuse for it. Because there's accountability. For the wages of sin is death, Romans 3.23. The wages of sin is death. Why is, there, why is there immediate consequence? Because God says, there's no excuse for it. Well, what about 1 John chapter 1? If I, Chuck, if, if you say you have no sin, you're a liar and the truth's not within you. Well, that's true. But have you read chapter 2 and verse 1? My children, I write these things to you that you sin not. Why does God hold us accountable? Because you don't have to sin. Oh, no, I have to sin. No, you don't. You have to sin? You don't have to sin. There's a difference between that you will sin to say you have to sin, because if you have to sin, you're without excuse. No, you have no excuse to, for, for sinning against God, and, and people need to understand that. And so we want to drive that point home that people need to be faithful to the Lord. All right. With four minutes left, <clears throat> last slide. What do the new and the old have in common? You're never too old to be reminded of things once learned. We read earlier in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 12, Paul says, I stir up, Peter says, I stir things up in your remembrance. 
I was a young man that wanted to preach. We were up in Canada, and he said to me, he said, Chuck, I'm trying to put a sermon together. I couldn't imagine Cain going to Josh and saying, Josh, I don't want to preach on that. They've heard that before. You know what Josh is going to say? Yeah, and they need to hear it again. You know, I, I didn't come this week. Did I preach anything this week that you've never heard? Well, maybe the Chinese language. But, you know, have I taught anything that you've never heard before? Yeah, you've heard it before. Last night, you know, uh, is your baptism hindering you from being baptized? You've never read Acts 19 before? Yeah, you have. I didn't teach you anything you hadn't already heard. But it might be something you had forgotten or you or just reminding you of it. And, and, and that helps strengthen you. But I'm telling you, that goes for new converts and that goes for older converts uh, also because you can forget and we need to be reminded of things. Also, you do not get caught up comparing yourselves with others. Over in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Let me just remind you what we've been talking about tonight. Grounding new converts. But new converts become older converts. Have you ever known anybody that's been in the faith for a lot of years who fell away? Oh, yeah. I've known people have been... I mean, absolute shocking. People have been in the faith strong as a rock who fell away. Have you ever known anybody, new converts fall away? Yeah, I've known them. They just get caught up in the world. I had a Bible study with a guy who, who became a new convert and we went through the parable of the, of the, uh, the sower and he goes, Oh, Chuck, I'm the good soil. I went, Oh, the jury's still out. The jury's still out on the me. Am I going to remain faithful? He didn't last very long. So, what we're talking about here is that we don't want to get caught up with comparing ourselves with others. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 12, For we dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves, but they, measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves, are not wise. That's what you're not wanting to do. You don't compare yourselves to, to other brethren. To hear, I do more than brother so-and-so. Somebody mentioned earlier this week in the prayer about how that we are to examine ourselves. I think Josh mentioned it from the pulpit in 2 Corinthians 13.5. We are to examine ourselves whether we are in the faith. And also with that, don't lose, don't lose your zeal. Man, new converts, man, they come up out of the water. I remember this one guy that baptized, you know, okay, he still had a lot to learn. But I remember he, we had a little um, horse trough. And I brought him up out of the baptism. He was a Chinese guy. I brought him up and he jumped up and he said, I want to do it again. <laughs> I said, no, you don't have to do it again. You're good. Uh, but I remember this one new convert. She, she, the day she was baptized, she says to me, she says, I asked a question. Broken English, Chinese. She goes, how, could, how can I help my brothers and sisters? Bless her heart. Bless her heart. Already thinking about it. How can I help others? And we need to keep that zeal alive. We need to be zealous for good works as we're taught over and over within the Word of God. In Revelation chapter 3, we don't want to become pew warmers. We don't want to be lukewarm. I get the idea of just wanting to come in and sit down and then leave. It kind of reminds me of that guy who just, I want to just go be with the Lord. Somebody comes in, I just want to, I just want to go to heaven, Chuck. Well, that's okay. But guess what? You, you, you got to be on fire for the Lord. you got to be zealous for good works. you got to be full of zeal. Because I'm going to tell you something. What does the Lord want to do with somebody who's lukewarm? Be him out of his mouth. You're not being useful in the kingdom. And so, don't lose that zeal. Okay, don't, and that goes for the old, and that goes for the, for the younger. You know, when somebody makes the comment of this new convert, and the older one says about the new convert that's on fire, ah, don't worry about him, he'll soon be like the rest of us. What? Seriously? Don't ever lose sight of the lost. New converts, man, I just love them because they're just, 
They're just they're just on fire trying to find. A, I'm not saying those in Acts chapter four were new converts or chapter eight and verse four, but when they were scattered, they went everywhere preaching the word. You have to have a love for the lost. It's only one minute after, guys, and we're almost done. You've been really good, and uh, but I wanted to get it all in. Young and old. Young and old. Josh, Josh, and, and Danny have heard this illustration because it's true. I mean, Mary Harrison, I loved her to death. Older, in her upper 80s, could hardly walk. Got on her walkers, and she walked across the hallway, knocked on the door for Katie, and said, Would you like, I don't want to indicate her, but do you want to join our Bible study? So she comes there, and Katie, I thought Mary was old, and Katie was in that class, and Katie goes, Could you go talk to my, my daughter in law? In the boonies. Debbie and I drove out there. I mean, it was in the boonies. And uh, so we're studying with her. And, and then the, I told you the other night about a lady came in and knocked on the door who wanted to use her phone, phone Eleanor's phone, because they didn't have a phone. And she said, what are you guys doing? We're having a Bible study. Well, will you study with me and my husband? All because this lady goes across the hallway. You're never too old. You're never too young. I tell these young kids, school, whatnot, Use, use that opportunity to talk to others. Don't lose sight of the lost. And finally, the lesson is yours. Not bad. Not bad. Not even five after. You are not immune to the dangers of falling away. That goes for the young and that goes for the old. They're, they're everywhere, guys. Um, Hebrews chapter 2. I like this. Hebrews chapter 2 and in verse 1. He says, therefore, we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. We have to work at staying faithful to the Lord, guys. We do. I do. I know preachers are falling away. Preachers are very vulnerable of, of thinking more highly of themselves than they ought. Right, Josh? I mean, we, 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 we pray about that. Lord, keep us humble because... You know, somebody come up, you know, I, I know Debbie wants me to say, she'll say, Chuck, when people compliment you, like, just say thank you. You're always saying stuff like, you know, you stole the outline from the Lord, you're a work in progress. But you know what? I'm not sorry for saying that because I want to say thank you and I do appreciate that. But really, we're just teaching what we've learned. We didn't invent the wheel. We didn't reinvent the wheel. We study and we share. We study and we share. It's not about us. And, and, and you didn't come to hear me. You wanted to hear the Word of God. And so what we're talking about here, there are dangers for every one of us. For moms with young kids. With dads who are being very successful. With people who have health issues. The devil will do anything and everything to try to get us to fall away. Because he doesn't want you to remain faithful. Remember his two goals? Number one, do not obey the gospel. By the way, has he won that one with you? Are you a Christian? Well, not yet. Well, you're serving him. No, I'm not really serving him, Chuck. Yeah, look, you either serve him or you serve the Lord. You can't serve two masters. So if you're not a Christian, he's winning. He's winning. You say, well, Chuck, I... No, 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 I, I became a Christian. Good, good, good. Are you faithful? Are you growing? Are you getting stronger? Because if you're not, he's winning. You, 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 you can't be in a canoe and, 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 and go upstream and put your paddle down and rest for a little while. Because when you do that, you drift backwards. You have to be working hard at staying faithful to the Lord. 
Brethren, we all need to be grounded, but let's be mindful of how that we can ground um, new converts and, and do our part and realize we have a role, yes, they have a role, and we have things in common. All right, our, 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 the series has come to an end. You really know exactly what's really important. So it's between you and the Lord right now. He knows your heart. I don't. I don't. I'm, I'm on the outside looking in. I'll, I might look on there and say, "Man, who's who's a Christian? Who's not?" I can't read your heart, but the Lord knows your condition right now. And the question is, if we leave here tonight, are you prepared? And it, if you say no, you can leave prepared. We're here to help. All things are ready. And if you're subject to the invitation in any way, will you let it be known as we stand together and sing the song that was announced?